welcome to the preaching and teaching ministry of Brian Burke International. Hi, I'm Revivalist Brian Burke, and I pray this teaching brings revolutionary change into your life and ministry, and that it will stir you to rise in the power of the Holy Ghost. Now let's get started. Hallelujah. If this is the house of God, it should be the house of God. It ain't my house. It ain't yours. You know, when you go to somebody's house, you don't just do whatever you want. I mean, you respect the person who invited you to come to their house. And you don't just walk in, you get invited in. Amen? And you don't just sit down, you get invited to sit down. Can I offer you a drink? There's certain protocols about certain things. Amen? Now, if you are like that with your house, how do you think God is with his house? And God wants people to come into his house. And God's house is a little different than your house because he's powerful. Amen? He doesn't allow any sickness in his house. He doesn't allow any sin in his house. Devils in his house. Amen? Hallelujah. He doesn't allow any drugs in his house. He doesn't allow any addiction in his house, any perversion in his house, any witchcraft in his house, any pride in his house. He doesn't allow none of that stuff in his house. In fact, if you, if you try to come in with some of that stuff, he'll say, just wait out there, stay out there. There's a place in God. You know, there's the outer court. And there's the inner court. And there's the most holy place. Now you can come with, you can bring some of your junk to the inner court. You can bring your flesh there a little bit. Until you pass the altar. There's some stuff that had to go on the altar. Before you move to the brace and lever. That's filled with water. A place where you can go and wash your face. But before you can grab that water and, and, and you have to look into it and it's sort of reflecting you. It's showing you what's in you. So that you can get a revelation of some things that you need to come out of. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a way you come in into the house of God. You come in through the gates of praise. You go to the altar. You can't worship. You can't, you can't skip the altar and get into the presence of God. You can't skip the, 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 the brazen labor and, and, and come into the presence of God. There's a way you come into the house. God has a way for us to come in. You don't come in the way you want to. You don't break the door open. Amen. Can I just tell you, you've already been invited. Hallelujah. You've been cordially invited into the most holy place for an encounter with the most high God. Amen. Hallelujah. Don't expect anything less than that. Hallelujah. Amen. I want to talk to you today about the benefits of repentance. 
Because there are benefits. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. And let's start in verse 1. Thank you, Lord. Teach us the benefits, Holy Ghost, of repentance. And to remove the hindrances out of our lives. Romans chapter 8, verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I want you to underline after the spirit. Because there's a pursuit in there. A pursuit after the things of the spirit of God. Verse 2. For the law of the spirit of life. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and of death. Glory to Jesus. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. Sometimes we read this scripture way too fast. Way too fast. We don't really see what happened here. He took sin into his flesh and condemned it in his flesh. Amen. And the result of that was that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, pursuing the Spirit, they mind the things of the Spirit. And that's what we need to be. We need to be people who are after the Holy Ghost. Because He is the one here on earth. He is the one. He is the one. He is the one. Can I tell you again, it may shock you, those of you that never heard it, Jesus is not here. Jesus is not here. The Bible says that Jesus is seated at the right hand of the majesty and the power of God. He sent the Holy Ghost on the earth to replace him. And he taught his apostles and his disciples that they should listen to the Holy Ghost. That they should follow the Holy Ghost as they followed him. Hallelujah. So th that's why we need to understand that we need to be after the Spirit of God. Those that are after, that follow after the Spirit of God, mind the things of the Spirit. Amen. They don't mind the things of the flesh. They don't pursue the things of the flesh. Let me just teach you that what the flesh really is. Because some people think, well, the flesh is this right here. Is this skin. This is not flesh. This is called your body. Amen. The flesh is what you inherited from Adam. Say that with me. The flesh is what I inherited from Adam. It's called the sinful nature that you've received. You inherited that. Because of one man, the Bible says, sin entered into the world. Amen? Because of one man, sin entered into the world. One man. 
and you inherited that sin nature and the Bible calls it the flesh. Amen? So the flesh is the sin nature. They that are after the flesh mind the things of the flesh. The things of the flesh are things that grieve the Spirit of God. The Bible teaches that they are contrary to the Holy Ghost. They are contrary to the Spirit of God. And they will hinder you from coming into the presence of God, into the fullness of God, in the purpose that God has for your life. Amen. You can't enter into that most holy place. You can't come into the house of God with your flesh on your shoulder. Amen. Something's got to be stripped off of you. Some things have to die off of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, Jesus is a friend of the sinner. If you are living in sin, God loves you. We're not bringing condemnation on you. But the, what the Holy Ghost will bring is conviction. Conviction. He will bring conviction of your sin because he doesn't want to leave you in that condition. He doesn't want to leave you in drug addiction, in sexual perversion. He doesn't want to leave you with bound up by demons. He doesn't want to leave you with your sicknesses and generational curses. He wants you to be free. The law of the spirit of life has made me free from the law of sin and of death. All right, let's continue on. So we have to be after the Spirit. Say, I have to be after the Spirit. The Holy Ghost is God. The Holy Ghost is God. And He's in control. And He needs to be revered. He needs to be honored. He needs to be worshipped. He needs to be adored. He needs to be respected. You can go after Him. You can ask Him. You can talk to Him. Jesus said, another comforter will come after me. In other words, one like me. He's the other one. I was the first one, but he's the other one. And I want you to go after him the way you went after me. I want you to hear him the way you heard me. I want you to talk to him the way, the way you talk to me. I want you to worship him the way you worship me. Amen. Hallelujah. Let the Holy Ghost have a greater place in your life. Amen. Without the Holy Ghost, there is no conviction of sin. There is no conviction because He is the convictor. I am not a convictor of sin. I can't convict you of your sin. I need the help of the Holy Ghost to help you today. In fact, I was praying today, Lord, get, help me to help you. Help me to help you do what you are called to do here in the earth. And then I'll get out of the way and you do whatever you want in the people. Hallelujah. I just want to make a way for you, Holy Ghost, so that you can transform life. Because there are people that have been bound up by so many things. Some don't even see that they are bound up. And if you don't see that you are bound up, if you don't see that you are spiritually afflicted, you will continue on with those things in your life, never changing. How many of you know that's a dangerous place to be? Serving God like that. With things lodged in your mind, in your soul, in your body. Are you listening? The flesh is the sin nature. Don't make the mistake in thinking that the flesh is your soul. Your fl the flesh is not your soul. The flesh is your sin nature. Now, your soul 
is a creature of habit. It can learn things from the flesh. That's why you develop habits that are fleshy and carnal and cause displeasure. Give you the wrong attitude, the wrong mindset. Gives you anger. Don't live with the personality of your flesh. The personality of your flesh is not your personality. Sometimes when people are tormented by devils, you know, they, devils are personalities. They are personalities and they have personalities. Spirits have personality. They are persons. They have a will. And when, when they are occupied in a certain area with demonic powers, they take on the personality of these spirits sometimes. And they think it's them. They think that's me. That's the way I am. That's not the way you are. That's the way the devil is that's in you. Amen. Don't live with the personality of that spirit that is tormenting your life. You are not timid. God has not given us. God told John, uh, uh, Timothy, you, you don't have a spirit of timidity, a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Amen. You don't have, you should not have the character and the personality of anger. You have the spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. Amen. So we can mind the things of the spirit. Hallelujah. I got to keep moving because I got so much to say. Amen. So we have to be after the spirit. When we are in the flesh, when we are in the flesh, we grieve the spirit of God. And Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30 says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit who has sealed you. You've been sealed with the Holy Ghost. Even if you're not baptized with the Spirit yet with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you have been sealed with the Holy Ghost. And when we come together, the power and the presence of the Holy Ghost is here. Listen, being sealed with the Holy Ghost is not enough. You need to be filled with power from on high. Amen. So the Holy Ghost can lead you into truth. He can lead you. He can be your teacher. He can give you revelations. He can show you the future. He can give you power and authority, dominion. Amen. So you can be the person God has called you to be and take on his personality. Amen. His tendencies after the spirit. Say it after the spirit. So. When you're in the flesh, you grieve the Holy Ghost. And that word grieve is an emotion that the Holy Ghost feels whenever someone sins in the house of God. You know, the Holy Ghost is very sensitive. We have to learn that He is very sensitive. And He's, very, he's sensitive because He wants to touch people. He wants to heal people. He wants to deliver people. And it's so important that you and I come in alignment with him and allow him to do whatever he wants to do because he's the only one who can transform people. Thank you, Lord. So you don't want to grieve the most important person in the earth. He is the most important person in the earth. The Holy Ghost is the most important person in the earth. He is the leader of this movement called the body of Christ. Amen. He is the leader of the army of the living God here on earth. Hallelujah. Let's work with him. Let's cooperate with the spirit of God. 
Let's not grieve him by seeking and going after the things of the flesh. There are many different things that, that could be considered the flesh. There are so many distractions that come against us today. Amen. There are people distracted right now in their mind. They're minding, if you will, the things of the flesh rather than the things of the Spirit of God. Amen. What if we came into the house of God the proper way? What would God do? Hallelujah. What would God do in this city? What would God do in our nation? Hallelujah. If the house of God, the people of God respect the presence of God and the Holy Ghost. Amen. So we shouldn't be grieving the Spirit of God. Let's go to Isaiah um, 63. We're working with the Holy Ghost. And I thank you, Spirit of God. We yield to you. Verse, um, let's go to verse 9. The Lord says there, In all their afflictions, he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. In his love and in his pity, he redeemed them. And he bare them and he carried them all the days of old. Verse 10. But they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. They rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned into their enemy and fought against them. How many want the Lord to turn his back? I saw that in a vision. I was supposed to be teaching uh, one um, Sunday morning years ago. Not here, somewhere else. And uh, I was, the Holy Ghost instructed me to talk about Him. To teach Him to the people. And uh, I began to write all my notes. I began, to, I began to study out and write all the scriptures and write all my notes. And as I was doing that, the Holy Ghost opened my eyes. I saw in a vision a man turned with his back. And I was there, turned with his back towards me and walking away. And I knew it was the Holy Ghost. And I said, Lord, what are you doing? Where are you going? I did not know that I was grieving him. See, he is so sensitive. I didn't consider that what I was doing was a sin. He wanted me to teach him from my heart, and I was going to teach him from a bunch of notes, and he was grieved by that and turned and walked away from me. You know what I did with my notes? I said, Spirit of God, forgive me. I took those notes and I ripped, him, ripped them apart. I said, I will not teach you from a bunch of words that I have written down and, and memorized them. I will teach you by yielding to you. Amen. And the Holy Ghost was pleased with that. He was pleased with that. And he came into that service and he touched the people. And the people walked away with a greater revelation of who he was. Of who he is. See, the, the, the things that you think don't grieve the spirit may be things that do grieve him. Sometimes you don't see that it grieves God. But it does grieve God and it hinders him from operating. Hallelujah. There are so many things mentioned in the Word of God. If we study the Word of God, we'll find and we'll learn the, the, the things that grieve God. One of them is, don't forsake the assemblings of yourselves together. That grieves the Holy Ghost when you do that. 
Some people think they have more important things to do than to come together when the Holy Ghost instructed us to come together. Well, I got a schedule to keep. How many of you want an awakening in America? How many of you want a revival, a reformation in America? It's going to take a different mentality. It's going to take people who are after the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, brother, you just don't understand. You just don't understand my life. All I know is what the Holy Ghost says. All I know is what the Bible says. Amen. And this is what the Word says. Do you understand the Word? Let me, let me mention a couple of things that grieve the Spirit of God. All right? Are you ready? Are you penning this? Pride. Pride. You know, most people that are in pride can't see that they're in it. If you don't think you need to humble yourself, you're already in pride. Amen. Praise God. If you think you're all that because you got some title or because you got some education, you're a PhD, whatever D, all the other D, ABC, CNBC, Fox News. <laughs> Amen. It doesn't matter. I don't even care if the Holy Ghost used you one day and you think you're all that in a bag of potato chips. Amen. The Holy Ghost can use a donkey. He used a donkey to prophesy to a prophet. He used a, he used a rooster to convict an apostle. God can use anything. We need to be humble before God. Contrite. Broken before him. Knowing that we need him. Amen. And we are nothing without him. Jesus said, you can do nothing without me. You think you're a spiritual giant. Wait till the warfare increases. Pride. What is pride? Pride is thinking too highly of yourself. People want to teach high self-esteem. You know, these kids are full of pride. You give them an A, they're supposed to have a D. What are you trying to do? Build their self-esteem? No. What you're doing is you're raising up a generation that is prideful and narcissistic. Are you listening? Pride is being unrepentant. Unrepentant. Unwilling to change. Unwilling to change. That's pride. The Bible says pride comes before the fall. God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. You want the grace of God? Be humble. Amen. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift you up. He will take you into a higher place when you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. The psalmist said, lead me to the rock, the rock that's higher. Lead me to the rock that's higher than I. Amen. We need to be humble in the sight of the Lord. There's power in humility. Humility always takes the high road. Humility, you, you can't offend a person that is humble. You can't offend them. Hallelujah. Amen. There are teachable people. You can teach them. They are open to learn anything they can from God. They are teachable and meek of heart. 
the Bible called Moses, no, the Lord called Moses the most meek man in the whole world. There wasn't anybody more meek than Moses. This is why God used Moses in such a powerful way because he was meek of heart. What about you, amen? Number two hindrance that grieves the Spirit of God is division. You've heard my wife say that the Holy Ghost is preparing us. He's preparing us. He's preparing us for what's coming. He's preparing us. We need to, we need to know the benefits of repentance, and I'm going to get to that. You're going to learn the benefits, but let me, let me first just deal with some junk, okay? Division, separation, divorce. Did you know that relationships are, the, the, are very important for the kingdom of God? Relationships. Relationships are vital in the kingdom of God. Jesus sent them two and two. He sent them in companies. He never sent out anyone alone. It was built on relationships. So guess what the devil will try to do? He will try to divide. He will bring his uh, assignment of division. Division grieves the spirit of God. How many know the Holy Ghost wants all of us to be united? United in the kingdom of God. Not united with devils. Not united with wicked politicians. The Bible says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, I will hear, I will hear from heaven and I will hear their land. You know how I read that scripture too? I think we need to add a little bit that turn from their wicked ways but also from wicked people. How can you turn from wicked ways if you're not turning from wicked people? Well, there are wicked people in political office that, that we vote for. Turn away from them. Division. Number three, this is the big one. Probably the biggest, one of the biggest ones. Unbelief. Unbelief. And that includes, unbelief includes comfort zones. Familiarities. Unbelief manifests. You know, people like to dwell in their little comfort zones where they're comfortable because they're in control. It's their little world. If someone like me come and mess us up, come and mess it up, and I will, I will mess up your comfort zone. Amen. And let me tell you, the Holy Ghost will mess up your comfort zone. Although he'll do it much nicer than I will. He will gently lead you. Amen. But I will just tell you, come out. Now, what are you wasting time for? Amen. But a comfort zone will, will, will bring unbelief into your life. They are dangerous. Don't become comfortable where you're at. God wants higher levels for you, greater places for you. Don't grieve the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, the Holy Ghost moves forward, moves forward, moves forward, moves forward. He's not waiting on you. He's not following you. You're supposed to follow him. Amen. And then familiar. Let's read that scripture in Mark chapter 6. Go with me to Mark chapter 6. In Mark chapter 6, verse 1, let's start reading. And he went out from there and came into his own country, and his disciples followed him. And on the Sabbath day, and when the Sabbath day was come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, From where did, has this man these things? And what wisdom is this which is given unto him that, such might, that even such mighty works are wrought by his hands? Is this not the carpenter? The son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and of Judah and Simon, and are not his sisters here with us? And they were offended at him. Whoa. 
Wow, they didn't say anything. See, the average carnal person that is mindful of the things of the flesh will see, well, there's nothing wrong with that. All they were doing is talking about Jesus' relatives and where Jesus came from and how he grew up. I know how he grew up. But you know that that was the sin of familiarity? And did you know that that hindered the Holy Ghost from moving where Jesus was operating? Even Jesus, who was mightily anointed with the power of God, uh, could not flow in the power of God uh, because of the sin of familiarity. See, the things you think are not offensive to the Spirit of God are offensive to the Holy Ghost. That's why you need to walk carefully with reverence and godly fear. Now watch what happened in verse 4. But Jesus said unto them, a prophet is not without honor, but in his own country, among his own kin, and in his own house. Jesus was discerning what they were saying as disrespect. They were disrespecting him, disrespecting the anointing that was upon his life, disrespecting the Holy Ghost who was upon him. Are you seeing this? And verse 5 says, and he could there do no mighty work. You mean to say that we can stop Jesus from healing people? Yes. You mean to say we can stop mighty works of the power of God? Yes. If you become familiar with the things of the Spirit, you're not after the things of the Spirit, the Holy Ghost will not move. Can I just tell you that today? And that unbelief is a hindrance for him? I'm going to tell you what unbelief is. You've got to hate it. You've got to hate this thing. And here's what unbelief is. I wrote it down for you. This is the Holy Ghost gave me this. You can't get this from a, from a university. Unbelief doesn't give truth spoken an ear to hear. Unbelief will hear the truth and will not give it an ear to hear. Will not receive it. Unbelief is refusing to believe. Say, Lord, I believe. Was it Jairus who said, Lord, help my unbelief. Unbelief is whatever competes with and nullifies what you need to be believing. Unbelief competes with believing. In other words, there's a different belief in you that fights what you need to be believing. It's contending with that in your thinking. It's battling it out. That's why sometimes when we ministers are up here preaching, 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 delivering the word of God, delivering the word of God, there are things in your mind that are fighting what's being spoken, the truth that's being spoken so that you do not enter into belief. The devil wants to stop you from believing because there's power in that. Be it unto you according to your faith. That's why I told you, you will get 100% of what you're believing for. You will get 100% of what you're expecting. Amen? If you expect nothing, you will receive nothing. But that's not the will of God. Oh, glory to Jesus. Watch what the Lord says in verse number 5. He said, he could there do no mighty work, save that he laid his hand upon a few sick folk and healed them. And he marveled, the Son of God marveled, was amazed because of their unbelief. 
And he ran around about teaching. So he began to teach. He began to teach. Isn't that an awesome strategy the Lord had? Because he saw their unbelief. And because they had different beliefs. Because of different spirits that had been teaching in that territory. He went around teaching. He went around teaching. He went around teaching. And teaching. And teaching. And teaching. From village to village. Teaching. 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 So that the people can make a decision to believe the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Alright, what's the next one? The next one is hardness of heart. Hardness of heart. That's indifference. Being callous of heart. Or being constrained in your heart. Not being open in your heart to receive. Some people just shut themselves down. Maybe because they've been disappointed by churches. By leaders. And their heart is, has been hardened. Their heart has become callous and complacent. And they're in the house of God because they love God, but they're, but they're still closed up. There are many people like that in the church that need deliverance. Hallelujah. Can I tell you that you are in a safe place? And you can just open your heart to receive what God has for you today. Amen. Hallelujah. You will not be harmed. You will not be hurt. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost loves you. He cares for you. He will help you. He will strengthen you. Amen. Don't become indifferent. Don't become callous of heart. The Corinthians were like that. And Paul told them, our heart is enlarged towards you. He says, be you also enlarged. Don't be constrained in your heart. See, you can have a relationship. Certain, certain people have superficial relationship because their heart is hard. And it's religious relationships. It's not real. How can, listen, you need to be real, not a hypocrite. Amen? Real. If you have a heart hard, that thing is going to tempt you to put a mask on. Take the mask off of your life and be who God has called you to be. And be real with people. Hallelujah. People harden, I have to say this, people harden their heart because of abuse, past abuse, abandonment. Betrayals, disappointments, a fear to be hurt again. So let's talk about the benefits of repentance. Are you ready for the benefits? Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 7. All right, go to verse 10 of uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 7. He says, Paul says here, for godly sorrow works repentance. Now, I told you about all the things that would grieve God, right? Now, we're not going to do those things. But if you do those things, something needs to happen to you that will produce change. Because without it, change will not happen. There needs to be correction. And the Holy Ghost will correct. There needs to be a blushing. See, many of us, we don't blush anymore at the sight of sin. We watch it in movies. Some, some of you adults go to movies and they're, and, they're, and they're committing adultery in those movies and you're just watching it. And you're not blushing anymore. You're not hurt by that anymore. We watch movies as completely void of God. God is not mentioned in there at all. But there's all kinds of humanism going on in there. And people getting, 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 uh, living a life without God and being happy. And we're being entertained by that life. And we're not blushing anymore at the sin that they do. 
We go and watch action-packed movies where people are getting shot and murdered. Hundreds of people getting murdered in these movies, and we're entertained by it. Our kids are playing video games that, where they murder and shoot people, and they're getting entertained by it. They're not blushing anymore. People aren't blushing anymore. There's no conviction anymore. And there needs to be correction because we need to become ashamed of our sin. We need to become ashamed because if you're not ashamed, if you don't have that godly sorrow, you cannot repent. If, let me say that again. Without godly sorrow, there is no repentance. Well, it's not saying sorry. Well, sorry I did it. No, no, no. When you have godly sorrow, it produces, it has fruits that it produces. Let's go quickly, let's go quickly, come on. Let's look at verse, um, verse 10 again. For godly sorrow works repentance unto salvation, not to be repented of. Amen? But the sorrow of this world works death. Verse 11. For behold, this self-same, here's, here's going to go with some of the benefits of repentance. For behold, this selfsame thing that you sorrowed after a godly sort, what carefulness it worked in you. Here's what carefulness, what does that word carefulness mean? What is that benefit? It produced a carefulness in you, an eagerness, and that's me, it means an eagerness, a speed, a diligence in you, a haste in you to make things right. Amen. In other words, you didn't just sit there, you, you, you just took action. You took action to make the thing right that you blew, that you messed up. Amen? The second one is, I got to go quickly. What clearing, do you see that? What clearing of yourselves? That clearing is that word humility. It's that word in the Greek, apology. The only answer that you can have is is humility forgive me forgive me i repent forgive me you know that brings a clearing in you when you repent man it becomes so clear weights are removed off of you burdens are removed off of you hallelujah you can see brighter amen your eyes open up glory to god that's that clearance it's a clearing of yourself the next one is indignation what indignation that indignation produced a turn towards seeing the thing as God sees it and that's important because God is looking at it and he's indignant he's righteously indignant he's, he has a displeasure over that thing and you begin to feel the displeasure the same displeasure that God has for that particular hindrance of the power of God you feel the same thing you see the same thing and it enables you to get rid of it amen look at the next benefit here what fear it produced in you now that's not being afraid but it produced a reverence for God because of that indignation, you understand the heart of God. You've got a revelation of who God is and what He wants for you and how, what grieves Him, what pleases Him. And now it produced a reverence in you, a fear of the Lord. The Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Amen? Hallelujah. We need that fear because we see the consequences of our behavior. People literally die because of their sinful life. Amen? Right? 
Look at that. The next one is vehement desire. Vehement desire is, is an earnest longing for righteousness. It's a hunger. It's a longing for, desire for, to pursue him with love. To long after the Holy Ghost. To go after the Holy Ghost. Amen. There is now therefore no condemnation for them that are after the Holy Ghost. They have this vehement desire to go after the things of the Spirit. Amen. The next one, number six, is zeal. That's a fire and a passion and a fervent mind in you. See, when repentance has its full work in you, it will have these benefits. And you will never turn back to that garbage. You will not be like a dog that returns back to his vomit to drink it back up again. Amen? Hallelujah. You'll realize I'm, 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 I used to be a backslider. I'm not going to backslide anymore. Hallelujah. I'm going to come to God and be 100% committed to the cause of Jesus Christ. Amen. If you're not moving forward, saints of God, you're going backwards. And if you're comfortable, you're backslidden. It's time for us to have, let repentance have its full work in us. Amen. Amen, somebody. The last one here is, is revenge. Revenge. Oh, this happened to me when I repented. I got so mad at what the devil did to me. I wanted to retaliate against him. Revenge. Revenge. Listen to me. We are the retaliation against the devil and his works. You got to get mad at what the devil has done in your family. What he's done with your fathers and your mothers and your children and your life. Amen. When you have repentance, have its full work in you. This is a fruit of it, a benefit of it. You will take revenge. And here's what that word means. It means to vindicate. God will vindicate you. And it also means retribution will come. These are blessings of repentance. Instead of getting what you deserved, God turned things around in your favor. And now you are attacking that spirit. You are attacking that porno spirit. You are attacking that lying spirit. You are attacking that fear devil. You are coming against him in the name. You are coming against Jezebel. You are coming against eunuchs. You are coming against pride. You are coming against those things. And you're a warrior. You're a soldier. That's enduring hardness for the kingdom of God. But without repentance, it can't happen. Without godly sorrow, it can't happen. So we need to ask the Holy Ghost, help us God. Help us. Help us repent. Convict us of our sin. I've been praying for you all night. Asking the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, you've got to bring that conviction. Go to Isaiah 58 and then we're going to pray. Then, he says, then shall your light break forth. Then shall your light break forth as the morning. Light. And that's revelation will come to you. Illumination will come to you. You'll see clearly. You'll know the heart of God and the will of God and the things of God. Your light will break forth as the morning. Your health shall spring forth speedily. Anybody need a healing in their life? Some people can't, can't, can't repent because they don't see. Hallelujah. But if you repent, light will break forth and healing will come. The righteousness, your righteousness, your reputation shall go before you. Your credibility, your integrity, shall, your character shall go before you. Wow. The people will hear about you because the righteousness is going before. You will have credibility. People will believe you because of your character. Amen. 
the glory of God shall be your rear ward. Hallelujah. The glory of God will cover you round about. The glory of the Lord will be upon you. We don't have time to continue in that. Answered prayers. Hallelujah. Guidance. Verse 11 says, And the Lord shall guide you continually, and he will satisfy your soul in drought, and make fat your bones, and that you shall be like a watered garden, like a spring of water, whose waters fail not. And the last one, verse 12, you will become restorers. People that have re repented and have been restored in the house of God, back into fellowship with God, become restorers. Here's what the Bible says about you. And they that shall be of you, they shall build the old waste places. They shall raise up the foundations of many generations. And you shall be called repairer of the breach. You know what the breach is? The breach is a gap. A breach is a place of focused attack by the enemy. There are breaches in our family. There are breaches in our mind that the enemy attacks. But the Bible says that we will be called repairers of the breach. We will go right into those places that the enemy has been destroying. And we will be building, restoring, and governing in those places. Hallelujah. Because we've been restored. Somebody say amen. Hallelujah, you will be called repairers of the breach and restorer. Say, I'm a restorer of paths to dwell in. We hope this message has equipped and strengthened you to boldly follow Jesus. If you would like to know more about Brian Burke International, Visit brianburke.org or write to Brian Burke International, P.O. Box 4153, Hallandale Beach, Florida 33008 or email us at info at Until next time, God bless.